Are you reading and hearing all sorts of conflicting information about AI, artificial intelligence, and wondering what impact that might have on you? Well, welcome to AI for Creatives, a podcast by creatives for creatives, connecting you to the world of AI, Web3, blockchain, and beyond. Join our hosts, Camila Sanders and Nova Lorraine, as we explore new ways AI empowers creatives and highlight leading industry innovators utilizing amazing new tools to pave the way for our future. Get inspired and educated by fellow creatives revolutionizing the industry and exemplifying new ways to gain creative independence and sovereignty. We aim to preserve humanity in this fast-evolving digital world. And creatives are a powerful force to do that. Be a part of the conversation as we take the reins of AI and shape a positive narrative for our future. Welcome to another episode of AI for Creatives, where we explore the intersection of art, innovation, and humanity. I'm Nova Lorraine, one of your hosts today, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Camila Sanders. And we are excited to talk about, actually, this is going to be one of our more serious <laughs> episodes, but I am, I am excited for all the possibilities, but we're excited to talk about the new video creator released by OpenAI called Sora, and it has been making headlines. We're also going to be sharing this as a use case for the rapid impact AI will be having on our lives, our creativity, and our livelihoods. And we're going to share some ways that we can get prepared. But before we dive into all of that, we're going to discuss what we've been up to and like we usually do for each episode. And I'm chomping at the bit because I have some very exciting news to share. But Camilla, I'm going to have you start first. What have you been up to since the last time we met? Yeah, I am. Well, at least today, I'm feeling very inspired. I attended a fundraising breakfast for an organization called Southern Movement Company. And basically, it's a um, they help youth organize around different issues, like local issues, right? And so it's inspiring to see organizations connecting with youth, um, them connecting and, and figuring out how to shape policy, how to impact their family and organize with their families. And I've been having a lot of meetings with mentees, which are typically younger than I am. And they are at different stages where they're like, hey, you know, I'm trying to figure out whether, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur or do I work for someone? And they're like, well, you know, our teachers are teaching this at the university, but I want to challenge what they're teaching us because I know this other information that that I learned, you know. So I'm just it's it's very inspiring to me to see how people that are younger than me, how youth are just you know, taking action and shaping our world and doing it in ways that we would not even, you know, think possible, which I think is is really like right in line with this episode, because if you think, so I was thinking when we were preparing for this episode, I was like, 
Well, I don't, I'm not going to say that I took a typing class in, in school, <laughs> but, you know, we learned computers and stuff. And nowadays, you know, youth are growing up with these things. Like my kids will grow up with this technology. So mm. it's interesting how right now they're making these decisions. Should I be an entrepreneur? Do I need experience? How do I get experience? Is it just a real life thing? I'm thinking outside of the box, out of the system. We're figuring out that the things that we're doing, the things that we're learning are not working. So how do we shift those things? So it's exciting to see people, you know, kind of go along that path. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. There's so much happening. I'm so excited that we have this podcast to be able to share these, these tidbits and to not only just stay inspired but to also continue to give other little nuggets of inspiration away each week. And yeah, oh my gosh, super, super awesome stuff. Um, as you know, I'm chomping at the bit, chomping at the bit. <laughs> and when, I, when I'm really excited, I'll, I'll sing. So I'm just asking for forgiveness for anyone that's listening. If you're being bothered by my singing, because I'm just really, really giddy today. But as of yesterday, depending on when you're listening to this podcast in the future, but as of 2-22-2024, there was a very historic moon landing. And on the rocket that landed included a really unique art and human culture preservation project. And as part of art preservation, I am one of 222 global artists to have our works digitized and preserved and landed on the moon. And so, yeah, it's a first on so many levels for so many people. For me, of course, I never dreamt when I was a kid that I have anything live on the moon and to be the first Jamaican, Jamaican fashion designer, artist creative technologists, all these other things to participate in this beautiful, beautiful mission and to be a part of the Luna Prize Museum. And so, so grateful for Scarlett from BitBazel and the BitBazel team for recognizing me as one of their crypto art winners in order to be one of the 22 SDG ambassadors to have our work included in this incredible historic moment. So now you can see why I've been chomping at the bit. <laughs> That's such a huge deal. And I I honestly, I have to say, I love the way, I, I shouldn't say love because I don't know all the details, but from what I do know, I love the way that they source the artwork and made it a very inclusive process for just all different types of people and kinds of people to be involved. I know I heard about it in a Catalyst 2030 meeting, which is a global community of uh, social impact organizations. And Mm. I think it's so important the way that they put together these different artists to be able to have this, their work on the moon. Yes, yes, it is a triumph to show how art can truly make make impact beyond 
any boundary, right? And and how we as individuals can make such a profound difference in the world. And so I just challenge anyone, if you have a dream, and no matter how small or big it is, it doesn't matter the size of the dream because, you know, I feel it's important to state that your impact, regardless if you're going to the moon or not, is needed. Your impact for good is needed. And if you're a kindergarten teacher, if you are a basketball coach, if you're a gymnast or if you're an artist, if you're a technologist, a founder, an entrepreneur, we're all here to make a difference and can make a difference for good. And so to me, this is, I I want to continue to be an example, to inspire by example. Born in Jamaica, one of six, grew up here in the U.S., first generation to go to college here, had a career path of being a psychologist, pivoted to fashion, moved into media and technology to be here to have this conversation with you. So we never know where the breadcrumbs are going to lead us. The important thing is for us to just take that next step. Yes. And you know, someone, and I loved how you did that because someone said to me yesterday, they said, what do I have to offer? Right. We're talking about like posting on social media. They're like, what do I have to offer? And I love how you just went through that uh, very quick, but concise journey that you went through. And I think that's a good exercise for anyone that's listening, because yes, you are a unique individual. You have a lot to offer because nobody, nobody else can offer what you can offer. So, but if you just go back, and you think about all the things that you've done and what makes you different throughout your entire life and what that journey is, just write that down mm. and you'll be able to see like, wow, you know, no one else has gone through this the way that I have. I have a unique experience that I can share with the world. So, so, so true. So true. Love that. Love it. All right. Well, I guess it's time to... <laughs> start chatting about AI, which is very relevant because, you know, thanks to AI, I was able to digitize my art and, and yeah, and the rest is history. So Sora, 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 it is at the top of, I don't know, everyone's mind that at least is in the emerging technology space and the oohs and ahs are coming from every direction, but then also the concerns because it comes with equal concerns. And if you have not yet heard of Sora, I'm just going to share with you how they define what Sora is from the OpenAI team who recently released this. So this is from their website. We're teaching AI to understand and simulate the physical world in motion with the goal of training models that help people solve problems that require real-world interaction. Introducing Sora, our text-to-video model. Sora can generate videos up to a minute long while maintaining visual quality and adherence to the user's prompt. And so I'm just going to stop there. Sora is not yet available to the public. If you do get a chance, you could go to openai.com forward slash Sora and you could take a look at some of the content that Sora has produced. And I'm sure, you know, these are all cherry picked, but their red teamers are the ones that are looking at 
the harms and risks that this may um, potentially come with if it's released to the public. And also, you know, a handful of designers and visual artists and filmmakers are also playing with it, giving their feedback about it. Um, but some of this video is absolutely incredible. And I'll just read some more text from their site. Sora is able to generate complex scenes with multiple characters, specific types of motion, and accurate details of the subject and background. The model understands not only what the user has asked for in the prompt, but also how things exist in the physical world. The model has a deep understanding of language, enabling it to accurately interpret prompts and generate compelling characters that express vibrant emotions. Sora can also create multiple shots within a single generated video that accurately persist characters and visual style. So I'm just going to break this down to, you know, simple language. This is a text to video creator. You put in a phrase, you put in a sentence, you get a video, full on video, human characters, if you choose to landscape imagery, aerial views, landscape views. I mean, I'm looking at a video right now of an art gallery that looks real. They have you know, videos of fictional characters, uh, like kangaroos dancing, and they have what looks like a commercial for, it could be actually a painting company commercial, this, this beautiful Dalmatian is walking across this wonderfully yummy yellow and orange and blue building. But anyway, I'm going to pause. What are your thoughts? What would you like <laughs> to, to share, say about Sora? Oh my gosh. Go ahead, Camilla. Yes, yeah, so much. I I know I heard I talked to you over the phone and I can tell your jaw was dropped. <laughs> Even though I didn't actually see it. But I mean, yeah, looking at the videos, it is not like anything that you've seen. It is super realistic. Now, it's not perfect. You know, every example like it's it's obviously not perfect. But the jump or the level that it is, is like beyond anything that we've seen AI do with video. So it's super realistic. It's super rich. And you know what it reminds me of? Mm. It reminds me of like if you've been a gamer, I don't know if anyone has for a long time, but you can remember like from Atari (laughs) and the different consoles Mm -hmm. and every console with new the new iteration of the game, like back in the day it was like bit you know it's pixels it was and it couldn't render like full scenes but now you're playing these really complex games maybe it's call of duty maybe it's Fortnite, and mm. you can like see scenes for and landscape for you know days and so it didn't used to be like that so it's just to me it just reminds me of that advancement of technology just constantly getting better and better and better and all these different, you know, companies are working. How can we get this better? How can we do even more, even right. faster? Right. 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 You know, I, I was joking before we started recording. I said, "This isn't a crawl or step forward. This is a whole leap. This is, yes. you know, think of track, think of the Olympics, which is coming up, and a long jump. This is the long jump." <laughs> and you know, I was just playing with runway. Runway ML, that this great video is Pika as well. And I, and I was, you know, doing my thing. And, and I'm super impressed how quickly you can animate a still image. 
And that's typically how I'm using it. And then when Sora came out, knowing the limitations with our current video technology, yes, my my bottom lip was on the floor. I shared it with like immediately shared it with a dozen like storytellers and filmmakers that I know. And I just said, you have to look at this. This is a game changer. Now, as a storyteller, I could put a storyboard together. I write. I could write a script. I know other writers. We can get together in a writer's room, put something together. This is game changing. You could bring these stories to life immediately. But on the flip side, I also perform on stage. I podcast. I host. You know, I do live theater. Live theater, I think, is protected for a while. But when we're talking about anything with video, there are going to be individuals that are impacted without a doubt. And we know video is king right now. So you have everything from your social media content. You have your ads for, ad, you know, the ad agencies are putting out there, you know, commercials, brand commercials, short films. All of these areas are going to turn upside down. And then when we look at the pipeline of who is around the table from taking it from idea to execution and which of those roles are going to be impacted by automation. And I think that's the conversation we need to start having holistically with our peers, with our work colleagues. This is, you know, if we haven't already, you know, you and I are in the space, we're doing this, but for those that are listening, if you're not having these serious conversations and con- and and contemplations the time is now <laughs> okay and and i'm sure that's you know you're part of the group because you're listening to this podcast right now but i urge you to also have these conversations with those that are not listening to the podcast and ask them do they feel that their current role or task could be optimized with automation or threatened by automation or both i don't know yeah, and honestly, I almost think it's both, right? It depends on where you're at. And we we did an episode on AI and film before. And I remember saying that, you know, people think that it's very easy to like shoot a movie, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't realize that there's so many different people involved. There's the creative director, there's the videographer that's taking things at a certain angle. There's the costume designer. So yes, maybe someone that is amateur and could create what has an ideal for a video or a movie can create something and bring it to market not have to spend that much money and just use their own imagination for it and i think that's great because it cuts down barriers um Mm -hmm. you know maybe you didn't go through the process but i also think it's great for people that are putting together more complex films because Mm -hmm. if you imagine i think it's interesting because Tyler Perry just like openly came out and said, you know, people are going to lose their jobs, <laughs> you know, in Hollywood and I have to rethink my, my studio and everything. And well, he didn't say he had to rethink. He said he halted. I'm thinking that he has to rethink. But, but my thought is, is like, I, it makes me think about Avatar, right? Avatar, mm. they use AI to create the, the world, mm. the Pandora world, right? Mm-hmm. Now that movie had a huge budget because they use a bunch of different technology. But just imagine if, you know, like you said, if you got a script writer, a creative director, the videographer that knows the angles, the costume design person that has researched what people should wear, and you got all of them in a room, 
and they still created this movie, but they did it with AI. That means that it's going to go to market faster. The budget is going to be lower. That means that there's maybe more money to pay people that are mm-hmm. that are in the industry uh, because you're making the same amount of money on the movie, but it took you less to do as far as like time and money. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's really just a huge disruption mm-hmm. and a shift to doing things differently than we've always done it. And that's, I mean, that's what happens. Like you think about Napster, which maybe some people don't know about, but oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's why we have music streaming now because that was a disruption to mm-hmm. the industry. People don't go and buy, you know, CDs or anything anymore. It's like now we're streaming, you know? So, so I think that this is just another huge disruption that's going to change everything that we do, but it's not necessarily the entire end. It's more of an evolution, I think fast evolution. <laughs> you know, I love the point that you brought up about the pay, you know, you know, your budgets now being decreased from a cost standpoint and having more money to pay the performers and actors. And that's really exciting. And I, I want to put that out there because I feel like sometimes entities as they're saving money, they're not distributing it to the team, right? It's not everyone, everyone isn't always winning. And maybe this is where smart contracts and blockchain come in. Definitely check out our podcast, Crypto for Creatives as well, where individuals can be fairly compensated for the gifts and talents that they're bringing to the table and how that impacts the overall success of the project. So let's just look at that because I also feel like this is an opportunity, just like the writer's strike brought about where they came up with a solution around hybrid use of AI, where scripts for those that want to use AI to initially create scripts or concepts for scripts can do that. You're not forced to, but humans are involved in, you know, guiding the script, embellishing the script, editing, adding to what have you to get to that final output. And additionally, there was the conversation around pay, which also drove this need to, you know, go on strike for a lot of the talent and to increase what writers are getting and what performers are getting as well. And so if we consciously and intentionally put it out there, like the producers, executive producers, the stakeholders in these projects, as it relates to video, we're just going to talk about video right now, but this is, you know, this is obviously something that can be applied in a, in a broad stroke, but let's just look at video to say, we're going to automate these things. We're going to remove these tasks, which humans are doing. However, those that are still participating are going to get a boost and an increase. And we're going to create this hybrid model. So maybe these tasks will always stay protected. These tasks will always be done by a human. And so we're not self-eliminating our, you know, ourselves. (laughs) We're not like taking ourselves out of the picture just to save a buck because at the end of the day, you know, it does add up and then we lose. Yeah. I mean, I think of actors too, because, you know, we, we talk about like deep fakes and, and obviously, you know, being able to create these videos, but if you ever remember watching a movie or like the outtakes or the making of the movie 
And one actor that's really good will come in and they'll change the entire line or they'll do some type of facial expression that they're like, oh no, that works because of the actor brought something totally different to mm. the movie, you know? So there's nuances that humans bring to it that an AI can't really create. And it's all those things kind of coming together that make the project what it is. So to me, it's kind of like, if you as a creative can hone your craft, whatever that is, and you're so good that you're going to bring something unique to it that an AI can't replace, you know, mm-hmm. it, it can only assist you in what you're doing. I think that's really critical. Mm, yes. Yeah, it is. You know, I, I want to look at and examine like we have an idea of how this is going to immediately impact individuals in terms of this of Sora and the ability to put in a phrase <laughs> or a sentence and get output. We see some examples in the music space where artists are being imitated through AI without their permission. Imagine, and we're going to look at both sides of the coin, but imagine you get a text, Camilla, and someone says, hey, Camilla, we just saw you on the beach in Malibu. But I thought I thought you were going to New York for that conference. Are you really at New York? Or are you in Malibu? And you're like, well, wait, what? And then you find out that someone created this imitation, you know, scenario of you. And now you have to, like, clean that up. And, of course, that can go all sorts of wrong in terms of – I just gave a very tame example, right? But – how do we get ahead of that? And as individuals, how do we protect our own identities, you know, in this new age of imitation, deep fake, what have you? And as an artist, how do I know my video that I just created isn't going to be uploaded and then here's a version of it, right? Because now if I don't need the humans and the camera crew and all these other things to recreate. And all I could do is upload and imitate, duplicate. How do I protect that work? And I know we have some comments on that, but I'm going to put that out there. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So first of all, on that example, if I'm supposed to be at a conference and in Malibu and you ask me that question, I'm going to say, I was at both. What are you talking about? (laughs) Like, that's how sarcastic I am. I was like, yeah, I was in Malibu. I was totally there. And maybe this is good. I'm thinking about social media content. Like usually if you see me posting about something, I'm not there at that present moment (laughs) anyway. So I'm like, huh, maybe this is good. Maybe I could be in Malibu. But I mean, that that goes to your point, right? Because we already have all these different influencers and people and, and they're kind of faking this life. And, you know, we have catfish, you know, all these scams and things like that on the internet. So like as how do we understand that? Okay, this stuff is not real, which I think some people are like, hey, this isn't real. Some people could not even tell the difference. And then as an artist, how do you really, in a, in a way, like how can people respect your craft if you did something really awesome and people are like, oh, is that AI, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, so, and how do you, how do you protect, like, what are you doing, what you're doing? How can you tell whether something's AI or not? And I know that there are a lot of startups now, which is interesting being in the startup space to see people that are working on solutions to these types of problems. 
Right. And I know that a open AI, other um, companies are looking at something that's called a C2PA, I believe, standard, where it's kind of like a digital marker that you're putting into these videos or images that say, hey, this is an AI generated image, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the whole point of that is that you can somehow go and check to see, is this authentic, right? And I love the internet nowadays because we don't necessarily need fact checkers because everyone on the internet is a fact checker. Like if something's not true, someone's gonna find it and say, no, this is not true. So hopefully with this technology or another technology, they can put something that's very transparent, like on the blockchain, like you mentioned, where someone can just look it up and say, oh, this is AI generated, or this is not a, you know, we can't find the marker, so it's not AI generated. So I I do believe that technology, they're building to solve problems and they're recognizing that, hey, this might be an issue. Yeah. You know, it's, I love the point that you made around the startups that are, you know, mitigating this and creating solutions that are blockchain enabled and some that are just AI driven solutions to identify uh, a product that's being AI created, watermark a product that's being AI created, or even potentially block a product that's being AI created. And, or, you know, potentially if this is an individual that's in the video or image, did they give permission? Is this a fictional character? Is this a real character? Maybe we can even get down to that minutia and there has to be a sign off, you know, prior to that video being able to be released on one of these more public platforms. So it's, I think there's a lot of layers to it and we have a ways to go. Um, there's obviously the opportunities around monetizing, you know, the video version of you, you know, you could take your still image and animate it without having to turn the camera on. That's really interesting if you're a content creator, but how do you do that and not have that abused at the same time? So these are really important factors to be considered, to have the conversation around. I'm excited to talk about a lot of the opportunities and ethical issues in my book that's coming out very soon. And also to be able to share them in these conversations as well. So yeah, I just think it's like, it's time to sound the alarms if people haven't heard the bells ringing already. So we're, we're directly saying it's time to take that next step to have these conversations around ethical considerations and also opportunities, because again, I think it's important to look at both sides of the coin and to see how you will be affected and impacted and or what impact can you make? Maybe you are the next innovator that's creating the solution. Maybe you're the next artist that's going to the moon. You know, maybe you are the individual that's creating the next version of a similar tool to what OpenAI is doing as it relates to ChatGPT. So there's so many places. And then you have your educators, your trainers, your founders, your tutors, your artists. There's so many players along the chain that are going to have opportunities for the first time due to the technology as well. Yeah, it's like, it's it's happening. I mean, when we when we look at, you know, this and the videos and how realistic they are and 
it's like, wow, this is here. Like it's happening, <laughs> whether you like it or not. So it's kind of like, you're going to have to find a way to adjust. Right. And in a way, use it to your advantage. And I, when I was thinking of that, well, actually, I do want to go back to what you said about people, right? And people deciding what they want to do and how they want to use this technology. And we think about regulations, like we were just talking about, you know, is there going to be a marker in the digital marker to tell what are, what are our governments doing about it? Is there going to be regulations coming down? And I think there are starting to be, but I also think that, you know, the government policies are very reactive and it's really the people that have the power to shape that uh, because they're demanding and they're saying certain things, right? And then that's what has the power to shape that. Um, but I also wanted to go back to the example that I was saying about the cost to create some amazing movie or video is going down now, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's becoming more accessible. And I then I think about the creator economy and how people a lot younger than me, half my age, or maybe even half of half my age, a quarter of my age, <laughs> are like on YouTube making millions of dollars. And I'm I'm thinking, you know, I think years ago we used to say there's such a gap between the, you know, top 1% or whatever that percentage is and people that don't have money, people mm -hmm. that are poor, right? Mm -hmm. Like the middle class is going away, but now we're seeing people be able to make money without having to be in this system, without having to have this inherited wealth. And so mm -hmm. I almost feel like the income gap is starting to close because there's so many different opportunities for people to make not just a lot of money, but millions of dollars. And when you start to hear that and you hear someone that's young doing that, it's like, wow, like the sky's the limit. You start to realize it's almost like shedding those limiting mindsets that you have about money that only these people can get that. No, like nowadays, everything is starting to be so accessible for anyone, no matter where you are at. Mm, those are really, really excellent points. You know, what I would describe what you were sharing is part of the abundant mindset. And mm -hmm. I talk about that in my book. And you're right there. The barrier of entry is being lowered tremendously. Mm -hmm. And if you know one, and if you have access to and then three, if you take action. And so we're going to see a lot of things come into play in terms of who's going to be able to participate in this new gold rush, really. And if you don't have access for whatever reason, you don't have consistent Wi-Fi, you don't have a device, where does that leave you? And how are we as innovators, creators, leaders, how are we helping bring access to more individuals so they're not left behind? So that's one thing. Uh, two is if you're not aware, if you're not paying attention to podcasts like these, if you're not following thought leaders on social, if you're not buying the books, listening to audiobooks, you know, reading blogs and newsletters, 
how do you even know? How do you even know that store exists? Maybe you find out 12 months from now, word of mouth, right? So being aware and being early, I think is also something. Or in, and even if you're not early, being inventive, you know, using your imagination to be able to benefit from what's in front of us. And then taking action. So you could have the phone or the computer, great Wi-Fi, you're following along, but you don't upskill. <laughs> you don't take the workshop. You, you know, choose not to analyze how the technology is going to affect you. You take a more complacent, passive viewpoint and don't take action. And I'm not saying everyone needs to be founders, entrepreneurs, YouTubers, or sending their art to the moon. I'm just saying being aware and take action, you know? So you could choose not to participate or you can choose how you want to participate, but it's still action. And so that's, I guess, the point that I want to really drive home today as we're talking about this. Absolutely. And I think it's it's going to come a lot faster than we think. Just just like, you know, Sora, it's, it's going to come a lot faster than we think. I know that the UN by 2030 wants to achieve universal connectivity, meaning that globally it is possible for everyone to have Wi-Fi. I'm not going to say everyone, but a large percentage um, by 2030 and even by 2050, I think is the goal to have 90% mm. <laughs> of the world, right? So, mm. you know, as you know, we think about the future and the vision for that, and it's, you know, people are working on that now. They're working on people having access yeah. to do these different things, things that should be universal. And I think it's going to happen a lot, a lot faster than we think. Yeah, just like this big leap, right? <laughs> Not just a step. <laughs> we were right. literally just having, we just recorded a whole episode on AI video and filmmaking. And days later, Sora's on the scene and just literally just changed the game, just like that. Yeah, and I think it's going to continue to be like that this year. I think we're going to, we're going to see more and more news lines on new products changing the game. So anyway, we can go on and on about this. <laughs> if you want to connect with myself and or Camila for any reason, if you have questions about how you can you know, participate, if you want guidance on workshops, I give workshops, AI workshops selectively. I also, as you know, have a book coming out. You can message me directly for more information on that. Of course, follow us here on the podcast, share it, download it, subscribe, follow us on social. But if you want to communicate directly, please go to my website, novalorraine.com. That's N-O-V-A-L-O-R-R-A-I-N-E, Nova Lorraine, two R's when there's an E at the end of Lorraine. And send me a direct email. Camilla, how could they get in touch with you directly? Uh, well, you can go to greaterthanequal.com. That's um, not going to spell it, <laughs> but it's greater than equal.com. <laughs> no, I'll spell it. I'll spell it. It's uh, G R E A T E R T H A N E Q U A L.com. I'm also on Instagram at Kiva Noir, K I V A N O I R, and of course, LinkedIn slash Camila Sanders. Um, my email address. 
Camila at greaterthanequal.com. So my name is spelled K-A-M-I-L-A-H. And that's how you can get in touch with me. So please feel free to DM me, email me, all the sales people do anyway. So (laughs) (laughs) in this, in this information age, (laughs) or they're bots actually probably emailing me, but you know, I love to hear from a listener. Yeah. And of course, social Nova Lorraine, LinkedIn, the real Nova Lorraine on IG, Twitter, Nova Lorraine. So So this is a wrap. This is where we're going to round out the episode. Again, this is more about taking action, sharing, talking, you know, about this with your peers, with your supervisors, your managers, your directors, see how you can just be prepared. We, that's what we want. There's disruption coming and, and happening and coming more coming. And we just want our listeners to be prepared and to be a part of the gold rush and and move into this new era with the abundant mindset as we shared. So uh, if you haven't checked out Sora yet, this is not an ad or a plug for Sora. We just want you to see how quickly the technology is moving forward. And this is a perfect example, but always excited to share with you news and updates and other insights to help inspire you, to help guide you on this journey of AI, creativity, and humanity. Perfect. (laughs) I was going to say, any last words, Camilla, but you just said it. All right. Okay, great. All right. This is AI for Creatives, exclusively brought to you by the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network. And if you want to hear more inspirational, transformational shows, please check out Pink Kangaroo, and that's kangaroo with a U, dot com. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share. If we offered any value for you today, please subscribe and share. Stay with us on this journey. We're always excited to come back and share with you each and every week. And again, I am one of your hosts, Nova Lorraine. This is Camila Sanders. And this is AI for Creatives. Until next time. Ciao. Bye.